Welcome to episode 21 of the Canes Country Podcast. The Carolina Hurricanes are a playoff team, everybody. Asterix. That might not be true when it's up. Well, this is going to go up Thursday at 2 o'clock. Okay. Can, can it go up in April? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that what we say here dictates anything. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little dated, but hopefully we can say the same in April. What, that the Hurricanes are dated? No, <laughs> they're a playoff team. All right. I mean, I hope so too, but how are you guys? How are we? How are you? I'm good. I mean, you're well, or? I'm well. You know what I mean. I know that it's well is technically grammatically correct. I'm well as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the Hurricanes had a week. It was a decent week. One, one, and one. The Canes started out with a game against the Penguins. Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be at that Penguins game, and it it just had one of those feels to it in the arena, if you know what I mean. Uh, Obviously, the Penguins are one of the teams that they get a decent amount of their fans uh, in the building uh, whenever they come to Raleigh, and that's that's just how it is uh, with the amount of northern transplants that live in and around this city. Uh, but it had it had that sort of fun playoff sort of feel to it, even though, you know, I don't think either team was really at their sharpest throughout the whole game. Uh, but the Canes defense stepped up in a big way. They made the plays they needed to against Crosby and Malkin, kept them off the board. Uh, Ward had a good game. Um, I, I was really struck by the resilience they showed when the Slavin goal was waved off. That felt like a thing that would have sunk the team in years past, but uh, they came right back and got another one to to take the lead for good. Uh, and then kept a really good offensive team off the board uh, in the third period, held a two to one lead. Uh, that just showed a lot of progress, I thought, and it was it was a fun game to be at. Yeah, I think it was you know a good way to keep the streak going, and I think Cam Ward was fantastic uh, in that game, and I think he you know he deserves a bunch of credit for that win. Uh, but you know it's always nice to see Derek Ryan score, so you know whenever that happens. Uh, but no, it was, it was good to see a, a win like that. But, um, you know, it was uh, kind of sad to see how they followed that game up uh, against the Blues, um, where, you know, it just looked like a tired squad, honestly. Um, you know, it was nice for Darling to get back in. Uh, was it, though? <sighs> I think it, I think it was. You knew it was time for him it to was at least try it again. eventually. Yeah, you know it was, it was going to happen eventually. And I don't think it. he was terrible in that game. Mm-hmm. I think the third goal was probably one he would want back. Um but especially the first one, that's a that's a false slip up. You know, they just let um was it Brodziak? Uh Brodziak, just walk yep. in right in the slot. Nobody there. I mean, it's it's kind of hard hard to come from across your crease like that and, you know, nobody no help out in front. So, um you know, I'll take it. The streak came to an end, so it kind of takes a little pressure off them. I was, even though it was a loss, I was kind of encouraged by it. Uh, again, second half of a back-to-back, their last game of December, they had a really tough month, even going back to the Western Swing uh, in the early uh, stages of the month. They they played a lot of big games, and... Uh, especially that Pittsburgh game, that was a tough game. That was a game where they had to really put out a full effort, and they did. And, you know, a a loss in St. Louis, uh, a Western Conference team, uh, a team that had blown a game the night before, so they were going to be mad. They were on their home ice. 
And, you know, when both teams are playing their second end of a back-to-back, I think you have to give the edge to the home team. And it was a close game. They kept it close. Uh, Walmart getting his first goal is good to see. And uh, like you said, Justin, Darling was fine. Uh, I tweeted during the game that he makes things look very difficult, though. Uh, Nothing seems to be easy for him. But, you know, he kept St. Louis to three goals, and he got his first start since that 8-1 to one, uh, collapse from the team as a whole, him included, in Toronto back on the 19th. So it was at least good to see that, you know, that they came close in that kind of setting. Um, and I think it was a positive, not necessarily positive, but a good way to, to end the year, all things considered. Yeah, I think if there's a way to end a long losing streak uh, on the road against a really good team on the second half of a back-to-back in a game where you come back from down 2-0, uh, you can live with that. Um, they could have easily folded it in once they got down 2 nothing, and they didn't. Darling started to make some big saves. Uh, Ryan had that great individual effort, and then Walmart getting his first goal. Uh, that, that was an, an impressive effort, all things considered, especially with uh, such a, such a hard-fought emotional game the night before. Um, you know, again, we, you talk about the things that they do differently from past editions of this team. And I think, I think that's right up there. And to turn the new year, they got a few days off the 31st of December and the 1st of January off. And on January 2nd, which was Tuesday, the night before we are recording this, they had a pretty big game against the Washington Capitals and in their own building they fell to the Capitals 5-4. to four. Washington, after a rough start, they were 5-6-1, and one, I think, through October. And they've really turned things around. They're right back on top of the Metro division. They're starting to make a push towards Tampa, if you can classify it as such, because Tampa is so far ahead of everybody, it would appear. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that Washington game, a game in which you were uh, covering for CanesCountry.com? A similar takeaway for me from the St. Louis game, Um, maybe less reason behind a loss, but you're facing Braden Holtby. Backstrom was in the lineup after some question as to whether or not he would be. Anytime you're facing a team, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Holtby, it's not going to be easy when they're all all healthy, they're all on their game. Um, And it certainly wasn't last night. They get behind 3-1 after the early goal where Carlson kind of gifted them one. And again, like it was in St. Louis, they fought back from down 2-1. They just made a huge effort to to get back in the game, even took the lead. Uh, and that was very loud. That was a very, very loud PNC crowd after that fourth goal by uh, Teravine and Slash Brooks Orpik to give the Hurricanes their first lead of the night. And what struck me the most was that thir- about that third period was if you look at if you look at the numbers for teams who are leading after two, the Capitals, believe it or not, for their reputation as chokers, they are the best team in the league, bar none, over the last few years. It's not even close at holding on to leads when they have them after two. Uh, and they didn't even come close to shutting the Canes down from that period. Um, right from the hop, they were producing chances. They got a power play. They had momentum. And that Lindholm goal was just, you could feel it coming. It was, it was going to come at some point, and it happened pretty quickly. And then it was a tie game in... I asked Peters about it after the game about, you know, whether or not the ability to come back on such a team that's on a team that's sorry, so hard to come back against 
says anything to him about that growth. And he said something I thought was pretty insightful, which is that, you know, some nights when you're trying to come back, there's teams that lock it down. And the Caps are usually one of those teams. You just you just know, like you don't get anything started in that first five minutes. You just know the game's over. You're not getting many chances. Can't get to the dangerous areas. Can't get it to the areas where you're going to score more often. And it's just there's nothing there. The Canes made sure, like right away last night, that that wasn't the case. They they were flying, and the Caps didn't know what hit them. And yeah, you don't get the result in the end. It was, certainly wasn't Ward's best game. Certainly wasn't the defense's best game. Uh, but as as a whole, I think it showed a lot of growth. Um, building off that, they do have to start winning those games. Uh, it, it has to be a progression at some point. It was a promising game, uh, at least for part of it. Uh, I agree that you know the defensive effort wasn't as tight as they need to be against Washington in particular. Uh, you can't be loose in your own end. Uh, you can't be careless with the puck with against that team because they can kill you with that. Uh, they can take advantage of those mistakes. Um, but I did take a few notes. I was at the game. I went with my girlfriend to this, to this hockey game. Um, and I took some notes um, on my cellular phone. And I would like to read them aloud for you two and the podcast listeners, if that's okay. Oh, yes. We, we're ready. Okay. So... The first thing I put, Ward is having a good start. The next note is Ward is not having a good start. Uh, the thing <laughs> I was about, about to say, and then what happened? And, yeah. Um, the thing about that goal, that first goal, uh, Falk, I'm not quite sure what he was doing. He, as Washington picked up the puck, I believe it was Chandler Stevenson, picked up the puck to uh, break out of his own end. Falk, instead of dropping back like he should have done, he put pressure on him. And then Stevenson just went right around him. And that created a two-on-one opportunity for the Capitals. And then Fleury was just kind of left in no man's land. And you can't really blame Ward for that goal, but it is what it is. Um, Jeff Skinner needs to stop taking slap shots. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was an odd man rush in that game, I believe in the first period, right after Washington's first goal, or maybe their second goal. Um, he came in and he just cocked it back, his stick that is, cocked it back and released it. And that gave Holtby a solid three seconds to get ready for that shot. Jeff Skinner has one of the best shots in the league. If he can get the puck off quickly and pinpoint where he's shooting, that's going to be a lot more effective than rearing back and putting a slap shot on net because he never scores on slap shots. I'm sick of it. Um, my next point. Jordan Stahl is the king of almost scoring goals. Um, it seems like when he gets really great grade A opportunities, sometimes he scores, but a lot of the times he hits the post or he gets robbed. Uh, he hit a post during the second period on a grade A opportunity. Um, speaking of hitting the post, Brock McGinn is very good. Uh, there is a play where he stole the puck, came in, and rang one off the goalposts. Stop me if you've heard that one before. But <laughs> as a whole, Brock McGinn, even when he's not scoring, I think he still holds a lot of value. Um, in the month of December, he did not score a single goal. But the way that he is a presence in the lineup, uh, his physical presence uh, is a huge piece, I think, to this team. 
so my next point is Ward was too slow to get back on the Orlov goal. Mm -hmm. So Dmitry Orlov's goal was interesting because he shot it, it went off the end boards, and then Ward uh, took quite a bit to get back to his crease. He's challenging the shot, took forever to get back. I was very upset. Um, you can ask my girlfriend. The first thing I said after that goal was, why is Ward moving so slow? Um, what did she say? I don't think she knew what I was talking about. <laughs> is uh, This one came back to bite me. Is Alex Ovechkin playing tonight? I don't wow. notice him. You should not do this anymore. <laughs> Derek Ryan is a very solid player and deserves more credit than he gets. Oh, God. On the Elias Lindholm goal, he stole the puck behind the net and set up Lindholm in front. He is on pace for 48 points this season, and I'm sick of everyone saying that Derek Ryan is not worthy of a roster spot in the NHL because he absolutely is. I dare you to find a 50-point player who is not worthy of a roster spot in the NHL, and Derek Ryan is on pace for 48 points. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, unpopular opinion. I love Alex Ovechkin. I love him. I'm not sure how have. popular that is. <clears throat> I think a lot of people that are uh, Canes the Canes, fans, yeah, okay, in yeah, Canes, Canes are areas, that's, that's an unpopular opinion. But yeah, I love Ovechkin. I love the the passion and the excitement that he brings to the game. And even in his what he's 33 now, I want to say, and he's going to be 34 in April. Yeah, something like that. I, I he's not. This. He hasn't shown. I mean, maybe his underlying stats have shown it, but I don't know. He just he doesn't show much of, of slowing down either. I got to say this: How many guys do you see come into Raleigh and get that excited when they score against the Canes? Not many. Yeah, but th that's every goal though. He's so like he has so much no, fun exactly, playing the exactly. game. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's, it's that the approach he takes. The way every game, like he seems to live and die by, it's 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 fun. The the NHL needs more Alex Ovechkins and PK Subans, one hundred percent. That's my stance on it. Um, so I had another point, and this point I want to get your opinion on this, Kyle, um, because it just when I watched the interview afterwards, it seemed different than how it just sounded on the radio. But driving home, listening to the aftermath. Um, on 99.9 The Fan. Peter's acting like he didn't remember the Orpic hit on Ryan was a clown move. Stop acting dumb. Now, was he pretending to, like, did he actually remember the hit and just played off as dumb? That's what I thought at first, but then when I went back and looked, uh, he seemed genuinely puzzled. Uh, he did seem puzzled. Yeah, that was the... No one seemed interested in talking about it. Williams was asked about it. Yeah, he said next and question, he did, didn't he? He didn't seem too eager to to say anything bad about his former teammate. That that was the that was the feel I got after watching the interview. Um, last one. One point is good. Should have gotten two. I, I, I love that they got the win. I'm glad that they erased a 3-1 to one deficit. Um, but they had a lead in the third period. Um, it would have been nice to see them finish out and get the two points. Um, that is the conclusion of my notes. Um, I'm sorry for making you sit through that. No, it was fantastic. Um, I just, I'm just trying to envision you sitting next to your girlfriend, pad and paper. 
I was. <laughs> she's she's like, pay attention to me, please. And you're I just brought, like, hold on, I need to write this note about Brian Holtby. I brought the old ink quill out there, and um, <laughs> the ink quill. I was. You're like, hold the ink for me, honey. <laughs> I brought the typewriter to PNC Arena. Perfect. And uh, I got very good results. <laughs> Love it. Now. On to the big news of the day. I'm pretty sure that the Carolina Hurricanes just did this because they knew we were going to record today. Mm-hmm. Truly. Alexi Sorella has been called up from the checkers. Now, this move is because Lucas Walmark, who was also just recently called up, um, got a little bit close to a skate blade Ooh. in the in the in the Capitals game. Ooh, uh... Yeah, so uh, oh looks like he will be out for that game. Um, hopefully, he recovers from that quickly. It was good to see him get his first goal uh, in that Blues game, which is something I don't think we mentioned. Um, so, good for him. But now, Alexi Sorella is up. So, what should we expect from him? Well, that is interesting. Um, I think the stint is going to be brief, so I don't think... If you're looking for him to make an immediate impact and, you know, just score a couple goals or assist on a couple goals, I, I don't think you should hold your, your head too high. Um, now, what he has done in Charlotte this year is shoot. And you can see that. He has very bloated numbers because he has so many goals and very mm-hmm. few assists. Um, and he, I think he's shooting around 17.8%, I want to say. Roughly um, half of what Valentin Zikoff is shooting. Yeah, and Zikoff. Well, that's, that's we'll not even a joke that. either. That's quite yeah. literal. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, if he gets the puck, he's probably going to shoot it. Um, whether he gets his first goal or not, we'll see. Uh, but my question for you guys is: over under ten minutes of ice time for Sorella in his debut. Say that again. <laughs> I said my question for you is over under <laughs> 10 minutes of ice time in his debut. Oh, under. Uh, well, I'm definitely ex- excited to elect to see him play um, uh, in I'm Pittsburgh. Leaving. I'm leaving the um, show. But, uh, I don't know, probably under. we got to remember who the head coach is here. My question, Kyle, or... Kyle, if you want to answer this, that's cool too. But mainly for Justin, um, does Sorella play a lot of center? Or is he mainly on the wing? He's been on the wing okay. mostly in Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And just the one thing about him I, I've, I've observed long term, and I've, I've mentioned this before, is he just he happens to get down on himself. And I don't know how well that will sit with Peters. Like he's, he's someone that takes like his performance – He's proud of it, you can tell, but he'll hang his head if he misses something, and and, and you'll see it. It's audible. Like he care. I, I I hate to gauge it in caring, but he he cares a lot, and that, uh, that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, he he's um yeah he plays wing, and I mean I guess we'll see how uh, how the rewards we got for Eric Stahl turn out. That's right. Yeah, a little throwback there. Man, that seems like so long ago, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Other big news, Lee Stempniak returns to practice for the Carolina Hurricanes. He practiced in a yellow non-contact jersey, and then on Wednesday he practiced in a normal white jersey. 
So he's getting more involved. I think the the big question is, uh, one, can he get on the ice and stay on the ice? And two, when he comes back, can he be a big contributor? Um, Justin, do you have any expectations for Lee Semniak when, when he returns from his injury that has kept him out all of this season? Well, I think it's he is a solid producer when he's healthy. But when he comes back, will he be 100%? And, you know, it was weird because when he did the AHL stint, you know, he immediately got hurt. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can have expectations for a guy that, you know, is a veteran. And we don't really know the extent of this injury. It's It's been something that's kind of been hushed a little bit, um, you know, lower body, upper body. I don't know. He's just been gone. Um, so I don't know. I would say you can't expect him to be 100%. But uh, a guy to maybe round out maybe 15 to 20 points to round out the season, I don't, I don't know. I think that's where you kind of set the bar at. Um, I think he's going to be quite a help when he comes back. Um, I don't know if he'll be exactly the Stemniak of last year, but the Stemniak of last year was a 40-point player. He's a veteran. He's a guy who's been there before. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are cliches and all that. But, you know, it matters to an, to an extent. For sure. And this team needs scoring depth. Uh, he's a guy who his middle name might as well be scoring depth, honestly. Um, that's what he's been pretty much. It might actually be. It might be. It might be. It was a good month for the Hurricanes that were on the ice, um, the month of December, in which the Hurricanes went 8-5-2. and two. They jumped from 10-8-5 and five through the end of November to 18-13-7. and seven. Uh, They started the month... And the 12th position in the East, they moved up to ninth by the end of the month. And then, of course, um, on Tuesday, they jumped into the 8th spot where they sit currently as of recording this podcast. Um, a really good month, a season-saving month. They needed a good December, and at times it looked like it wouldn't be, especially on that Western Conference road trip, the first half of it being uh, a little bit of a train wreck. Uh, who are you guys' player of the month? I would go with Sebastian Ajo. Um, I think when the when the his his recent goal and point streaks have been instrumental to to turning this around, winning more. Obviously, at the game winning goal against Montreal, game winning goal against Pittsburgh. Um, he he's come up big a few times and really got his game going compared to where he was, uh, kind of at the uh, start of the season for sure. For me, it's Cam Ward, um, and I think that. He's a pretty clear choice. Uh, 7 on one 925 save percentage. And, you know, Darling had a month that struggled. And you probably thought heading into this season would kind of been vice versa. But he was he was more or less their savior in December and the reason for such a great record. So I, I got to give it to Ward. He, he stepped up in, in games we needed him to. So uh, Ward. You both. So I was going to say Ward. And then if one of you took that one, I was going to say Ajo. So you know what? This is because you guys took my answer. Derek Ryan was the player of the month. He had six assists, ten points, one less point than Sebastian Ajo, tied for second on the team in points. I just love Derek Ryan, honestly. I love the way he's playing. Uh, he's making a difference um, in really in all areas. I think a lot of areas of his game go unnoticed, be it his face-off acumen or his ability to go in the corner and win puck battles. I think that's an underrated part of his game. And uh, I think he had a really good month, and he's having a really solid uh, 
a really solid season so far, proving that he belongs here. Yeah, point well taken. Uh, I think at this point, Ryan's an effective player, and I kind of see him as like a Tyler Bozak light at this point. Do you see that comparison? I really like that comparison. Yeah. I think Bozak and Ryan are good third-line guys. I think that Derek Ryan can even step up and play in a top-six role in spurts. Um, I, I think that he's just a little underrated. And I think when, when he was brought back another year, maybe some people were kind of iffy about it. Um, I was kind of in the mode of, well, let's see if he can put up similar numbers to what he did last year, and he did. Um, or he has so far. He's he's had a really great season, and he has a really balanced all-around game. He's not spectacular anywhere, but he's a guy that you can kind of plug in, and uh, I think he'll get good results. Speaking of good results, how about those checks at the World Junior Championships that are going on in Buffalo, New York, the best city in the United States, according to pretty much everybody? Um yeah, if there's one thing our country can agree on, it's that Buffalo is the best best city we have to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in this divided political climate where nobody can agree on anything, we all have that that uniting appreciation for the beautiful city of Buffalo and the people of Buffalo. Did you see the people, people in the stands yes. during that uh, during that outdoor game? They just look like pleasant people. I would love to be around them all the time. The Hurricanes are pretty well represented in World Juniors. They have three players: Martin Neches. Uh, Yanni Kuokinen and Jake Bean. There's one player, though, who is really standing out amongst the group, and that is Martin Natchez. So, guys, he has nine points in five games. He's second in the tournament in scoring behind Casey Milstadt of the Buffalo Sabres and of Team USA, who has 10 points. Corey Promen of The Athletic had a really good quote about him. He said that Natchez has looked incredible, and he says that he has talked to several NHL people who would argue that he would go much higher in a 2017 redraft. Guys, what are your thoughts of Martin Neches? I haven't watched every Czech game, but from what I've seen, he's looked very good. And the, I think the, the point totals speak for themselves. And I think uh, Francis is starting to get some appreciation for how good of a pick that was, uh, even if we didn't appreciate it so much at the time. I, I've watched three of their five games so far, the Czechs that that is. Um, he is so good. The way that he skates, he's just he outclasses so many people in his age group uh, with regards to his skating ability. I mean, he's all over the ice. He has incredible vision. He makes passes that no one ever really expects. And uh, he's been really good with Philip Zadina, who is a 2018 draft prospect. He's probably going to go in the top five in his great tournament. Definitely helps that. Um, Man, you know, he's he's just really good. He has a great shot, too. He showed that off a few times so far. Um, he's been a dominant player, and in a lot of those games, he's been the best player on the ice. He definitely stands out, and it's definitely uh, exciting uh, when you think about him wearing a Hurricanes jersey, be it next year or two years from now or whenever that is. Yanni Kuokinen is a more familiar prospect, and uh, Justin, you've seen a lot of Kuokinen uh, down in Charlotte. Uh, for Finland, two points in five games. Uh, they got eliminated by the Czechs in a shootout in the quarterfinal. Uh, Kuokinen is done in that tournament. Uh, presumably, he'd be heading back to Charlotte. Uh, Justin, I don't know if you've seen any of Kuokinen in fi- for Finland, but uh, just overall, your thoughts on Kuokinen, uh even in Charlotte this year? I mean, I think he's a gr- uh, great playmaker. He sees the ice well. 
Um, you know, he is streaky, I have to say. Uh, but when he's hot, I mean, he's hot. You know, I mean, he uh, he had a great stretch there um, with Sorella, who we're going to see play, um, where he was just assisting basically on every one of Sorella's goals. Uh, so that was a good stretch for him. But, yeah, good good for him to get some uh, more exposure internationally uh, and kind of make a name for himself. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's a very solid player, and, you know, he might have a future in the NHL. And the final Canes prospect, the lone defenseman from the Hurricanes organization out there, is Jake Bean, 13th overall pick in 2016. He has two points in five games. He had an assist in that outdoor game. That ended up being a loss to the United States. This is a pick that was in 2013 or 2016, I should say. Uh, this was a pick that was uh, highly debated uh, whether or not that was the right pick uh, going with another defenseman as opposed to a forward. Of course, they picked Gauthier, uh 21st overall in that same draft. What are you guys' thoughts on Bean? Maybe not as a player for Canada right now, but just him as a pick and as a prospect and how he might pan out in the organization I mean, obviously, there's going to have to be uh, some sort of a move made for there to, for there to be room for him on the left side, unless someone someone plays on their offside with Hannafin, Slavin, and Flurry already in the fold. But I think I think his upside certainly higher than Flurry's, um, and uh, I really doubt is higher than Hannafin's or Slavin's. But I think he could easily be a number three or number two type of defenseman in this league, um, given his skill set and the way his development seems to be going. Um, I mean, he's probably not going to be a number one. That's a lot to expect out of anybody. It'll be interesting to see how they resolve the, the crowdedness they have on defense. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I think it's, it would be definitely tough for him to surpass a guy like Hannafin or Slavin. But I think he's kind of different than those players, too. Um, while Hannafin has shown the offensive side, I think Bean uh, kind of projects more as an offensive defenseman than maybe Hannafin did out of the draft. Um, he's been really good in the Western League. He's over a point per game. He's over a point per game in the WHL so far this year, which is promising. Um, a knock on him has been his defense, uh, which comes with a vast majority of defensemen, uh, especially offensive defensemen. But I don't know. I think he's a guy that projects to be a little bit different than the rest of the defensemen on the team, and I think that could be a good thing. Well, I think ideally you would like to keep Falk, Hannafin, Pesci, Slavin, and then go Flurry, Bean. But at that point, yeah, as Kyle said, it's going to become crowded, and then it's going to become expensive, especially if those players reach their full potential. Um, and you would start spending a ridiculous amount for defense. You know, uh, uh, Slavin's contract kicks in next year, I want to say, uh, and so does Pesci's. Um, so... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is going to be interesting to see how they manage their assets and, and what they get in return. Um, I just, I see, you know, I guess Bean or, or Flurry would be the odd man out if some guy was to be moved. Who would you trade? of Among the people or among the defensemen that are on this team and in this organization, um, I'm assuming that we exclude Slavin Pesci. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's, I, I, that's, I think that's uh, pretty established, and they just gave him long-term, con- long-term contracts. So I think they're safe. Um, I think we'd all exclude Hannafin as well. 
Yes. And I think, especially after this year, I think he's mm-hmm. shown his full potential and, and why he can be, especially as an offensive defenseman and adding that to his game. Um, more than likely, I, I would see Falk as expendable um, because I think is what he could get in return. I don't know if you trade away unproven asset like Bean uh, or Flurry, who hasn't really, you know, shown everything. And it's not that it's just that Dahlbeck was was playing well and they didn't want to mess with the lineup that was working. Um, it's not that any knock on Flurry. And that was something uh, Steve Smith said in one of the telecasts. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Falk. I would. I I think I'd lean Flurry, honestly. Oh, I, yeah, I would lean Flurry in terms of trade. It opens up the left side spot. He's probably you can probably get a decent forward, but yeah, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. If you can use him as a centerpiece for a forward and try to get as much value as you can out of him, I think that's really solid. And I think that what he brings is more replaceable because Falk's upside we've seen that's very hard to replace, um, especially on the right side. Uh, taking that into account, and like you said, clears up a spot on the left side. But we're thinking a little bit in the future, or maybe not that far in the future, maybe as soon as this offseason. But I think the thing here is, especially for a guy like Flurry, obviously you probably don't trade a guy like Falk midseason. Um, I don't think the one thing that sh- should be clearly said is that you don't trade Flurry at the deadline to get a piece that's going to help you get into the playoffs. Um, I think you make a a trade for a player of a similar caliber that hasn't been, you know, that uh, proven of a of a prospect. But you you go for it. But I don't think, yeah, you don't you don't do that at the deadline to to get a veteran that's going to help you get better. I only disagree with that. Um, I only disagree with it if that player you're getting is just because Hoffman's been a name that's been popular. Um, a guy like Hoffman who is in his prime and or not necessarily in his prime, but in the, the middle of his career, let's say, and he or whoever the player is has multiple years left. Like Hoffman has two more years after this year. I think that maybe then that's, that's worth considering. Uh, well, for, in my opinion, it's definitely worth doing and considering. Um, and I think that's why Duchesne was such an unattractive trade piece because he only has one more year after this year. And if you trade a good young player who's going to be good for 10 years, then you're only you're trained 10 years for one year, and that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, but I largely agree with your point. Um, moving beyond the offseason where maybe a, a move is made, next season, Finland, anybody? Road trip to Finland? Hop in the car, go over to Finland, watch the Hurricanes <laughs> yes, and Jets play? a road play. trip. Um, in Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts this week, um, he said that there might be a possibility for the Hurricanes to maybe go to Finland and play some games in the regular season, similar to what Colorado and Ottawa did in Sweden. Um, what he said was, as we try to piece together next year's European schedule, add the possibility of Carolina versus Winnipeg in Finland. Sebastian Ajo, Patrick Laine, Tevo Teravainen. It makes sense, but no guarantees at this time. Justin, does this, does this interest you? You interested in this? Yeah, I mean, even if I'm not there, I'd be definitely interested in watching. Um, I know that 
you know, especially in the Finland community, Swedish community, I've noticed online that they really love their players. So I think a chance to be able to see, you know, our our exciting Finns um, would be good for them and good for the Canes to kind of get some international exposure. After a 1-1-1 one, one, one stretch of three games, the Canes will have two games remaining in the week. Uh, Thursday at Pittsburgh and then Saturday at Boston. Kyle, what are your expectations for the rest of this week? My expectations are not too high. Playing in Pittsburgh rarely goes well for this team. And then is it is it Boston after that? Yes, Boston. Yeah. Boston they do better against, but Boston's insanely hot right now. They're probably the outside of of course the juggernaut Golden Knights. Boston is probably the hottest team in the NHL um of late. So I think those those will be two really tough challenges. It'll be interesting to see if they can stick with it. Uh, grab a win somewhere to stay in a playoff spot uh, and not completely fade back into irrelevance right away. That would be encouraging, but my hopes aren't too high. It's a tough road trip because you got Tampa looming too. Uh, so after this, I think this is the hardest part of the schedule that you're going to see the rest of the year, but uh, you'd like to see him get a win. I don't know. I mean, a, a point would be nice, honestly. Like Pittsburgh, on the road in Pittsburgh, that's going to be tough. If they can beat him again, that would be great. Um and then Boston, oh geez, Boston was ten two and two in December. They're they just beat the Islanders like five to one uh, on Tuesday. So I mean, if they can salvage a point, an OT loss, uh, or or if they get a win, that's great too. I think uh, you know that's going to be a tough stretch and uh, going into next week too. But we'll talk about that on next week's podcast. Um, Justin, let's do the game. Let's do it. All Bring right. The tweets. Bring me the tweets. So Kyle is chomping at the bit to get his opportunity to do drum roll, please. Gucci Mane versus Josh Hosang tweets, and we've been doing this for about the past three weeks. Um, Brian made it his debut last week. How you do? And he, he went, went one, one for, for four. four. So wow. Wait, Kyle. Did not you know bad. That? Kyle, did you know that I went four for four the week you weren't here? Yes, but I am now eleven for twelve. Yeah, he Kyle is right now the undisputed champ, but we are going to go ahead and get into the tweets right now. As always, I do four tweets, so here we go. Here is one that is very simple, but could go either way. Enjoy your day. What? Okay. Yeah, oh, I know. On, that's not fair. That is fair. Literally, that is fair. Like my mother would tweet that if she had to. <laughs> Enjoy your day. So one of these people is your mother. All right, I'm going to go with Gucci. I'm going to go with Gucci. Hosang. Kyle, one for one. <laughs> what? <laughs> for one. Undisputed champion. All right. Okay, keep going. All right, so this one is 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 going to be tough. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. So the second one of today is, there's people who take for granted what others would kill for. I'm at fault too, but I'm blessed to do what I do. Hosang. That's Hosang, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Two for two. That last part, one for two. to do what I do, is what what gave it, yeah. So the third tweet of the day is, I will not lose. Could go either way. Um, Hosang. I'm going with Gucci. Hosang. Brett with a fatal oh, mistake. What? Switch no! It, up. it was Gucci main. Kyle remains hot. All right, here we go. Final one of the day. Let's see if Kyle can 
remain perfect and see if Brett can end on a good note. Oh, good. Here we go. Nothing in this world is permanent, not even our troubles. Hashtag don't worry, be happy. Hosang. Yeah, that's easy. And it is Hosang. That was I wish he would tweet something like that. Yeah, not, not, not the don't worry, be happy. No way. No yes. way. You knew what it was going to be, um, Hosang. But that was another successful edition of Gucci Mane versus Josh Hosang tweets. Now, something we mentioned on the last podcast, uh, we wanted you to help review us. We want to know how we're doing. You know, we've, we've, we're, we're moving along here. This is episode 21. We've been doing this since the summer. It is now brutally cold where I am. Uh, and I even know that Raleigh's experienced some snow. So um, we want to go ahead and read some of the reviews. We got uh, two since the last time we uh, released an episode. So the uh, review this week was from Eric F. And that's Eric with an A and a K. So he says, I like the Canes and I like hearing people talk about the Canes. I mean, no one else will, right? Uh... Fair point. But objectively, the back and forth and interaction is natural. Good job. And you said you would read this if it's not bad. So I'll also, thank you. I will also read if it's bad, but don't make it bad. You don't make it, it bad. bad. Thank if you, it's Eric, bad, guys. we'll dox you and roast you for... for no, we yeah. won't do that. <laughs> but um, also, we got one that says hashtag for the prize because we mentioned prizes last week. Um, if you help review it, We'll put you in a drawing right now. I have a signed picture of Jordan Stahl. Um, so if you want to, make sure you either follow one of us on Twitter and mention it. Um, or, you know, you can leave your handle in the reviews if you feel comfortable. But this next person did, and it is Zach Bradshaw, who said, hashtag for the prize. Love the podcast, but doing it for the Jordan Stahl picture to match my even more useless Eric Stahl signed picture. And he leaves his handle. So Thank you, Zach. Thank All you. Right, so here's the deal. Once we hit five new reviews, we had one review before we did this. We have two more. Once we hit three more, we will give it a couple more days after that. But once we hit three, we will be giving away the photo. So once we hit five new reviews since the contest started, uh, like I said, we'll give it a couple days from that so to give more people a chance. Uh, but once we get three, that's when we will trigger the giveaway of the photo. So we need three more. Uh, to guarantee the photo being given away. We'll probably give it away anyway, but we want three more. Just be nice to us. Or be mean to us. Who cares? We don't. Yeah, you, you don't have to leave a five-star in order to get the photo. Be honest with us. We want we want good feedback. And if it's good, it's good. And if it's not, it's not. Yeah, you don't have to. You just get two extra entries into the contest if you do. You're not supposed to tell them that. You're not supposed to tell them <laughs> that's, that's Come on, come on. That was, that was supposed to be confidential. Anyways, um, all right. So thank you for joining us for episode 21 of the Canes Country Podcast. My name is Justin Lape. You can follow me at Lanky Lape. I have one quick question for you, and then you guys can give your handles. Your Carolina Panthers, who's the next owner? Give me someone creative. Josh President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> yeah, we should end this. We should definitely end this podcast. <laughs> no. Um, Scotty McCreary. Wow. Scotty McCreary, wow. Steph Steph Curry. Partners. He'll need some partners. But... Steph Curry. Steph Curry. You can also follow us at Kane's Country on Twitter, uh, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Kyle, where can people find you? At K underscore Morton 9. Morton spelled M-O-R-T-O-N. We may have a bit of a surprise for you next week. Uh, oh, yes, that's possibly. true. we got to tease that a little bit. So we're going to tease it. We're not going to give too much away. 
Um, but it might be, it's either going to be next episode on episode 22, or it will definitely be by episode 23. So some good stuff, some good stuff. It's going to be a good year for the podcast. We also have a guest next week. So that'll be fun. We'll guess. Oh yes. We'll guess that. A wonderful, wonderful guest. So wonderful guest. Uh, we'll, we'll also, uh, tease that one too. So it's me, I'm the guest. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.